everybody. Welcome back to Fabulous. Hi, everyone. I'm Shannon Payne. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's exciting to be back. It is. And so, get to the spooky shit. The spooky shit. I feel like I'm pretty excited about the fact that we're branching into cryptids again. Mm-hmm. I like this idea. I thought it was fun. Mine feels more Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll cool us down. We might, we might need it because we are like, it's August. The whole right? world is a little too warm. We so. are, uh, the temperatures are decidedly toasty. <laughs> Decidedly toasty. Decidedly toasty. That's how I feel sometimes uh, when I do other things. Right. Decidedly toasty. Decidedly toasty. toasty. (laughs) Ta-da. I just, it it is decidedly toasty. Hopefully all of your beverages are chilled to perfection for approximately 10 seconds out of the day because once they reach outside of the cool temperatures, it's not working anymore. Right. For many of you. The frosty beverages might just be cooling off in the pinnacle of cool gear technology. The Yeti cooler. (laughs) Mm. For those of you who are like Ryan and I, you are actually using the knockoff brand, but that's just fine. (laughs) It was probably still expensive. It was probably (laughs) probably a little overpriced, but that's perfectly fine. Anyways, the brand's just called slightly less expensive than a Yeti. Slightly less expensive than a Yeti. It's the, uh, what's it called? The uh, acronym. Yeah. Slightly less expensive. That's slutty. Slutty? (laughs) That's the best. (laughs) That is the best thing. (laughs) Oh my God. We need to get on this now. Before the episode airs, we need to start doing it. Because from experience, we know it takes a long time to trademark something. (laughs) It sure does. I think we need to start our next trademark. I told you, I told you my full moon ritual was working. <laughs> it's working perfectly. Seth Taylor got the job he wanted. I made up a slutty acronym on accident. I'm so happy right now. It's so perfect. <laughs> this is the best. Mm. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, yet he didn't quite pick their name so well, but they did pick it well because it's a reference to the cryptid that we're going to talk about today who... <sighs> Lives in an environment that is entirely too too much. Yeah. Just too much. That's probably why he's so angry. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> <laughs> so reports of the Yeti have been numerous over the years. Which, who we're talking about, by the way, in case I didn't say that. We're talking about the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> and the accounts over the years have just been varied of what it looks like, what it might do, how you're going to find it. But one thing that has been pretty stable throughout the centuries is the general region of where it's going to live. Sure. And this is why I know, Liz, real or not real, I'm never going to see the Yeti. Because it hikes around the Himalayas and not only is it cold, but Peru taught me (laughs) that... Elevation My body tends real. to have a bit of an attitude at that altitude, you know? <laughs> it's, it's an altitude attitude. <laughs> it is. It's not fair. And it's like, I just want to go home. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's cold. I'm miserable. I'm not for it. And I can't breathe. Might pass out. It's fine. So I don't get to go see the Yeti, but we'll at least talk about it. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He's pretty fine. I've titled my next section, The Many Names of the Yeti, because there are a lot. There's so many. There's so many. So the word Yeti finds its origins in 
a variety of cultures around the Himalayan mountains. Um, the actual term Yeti, though, is a combination of the Sherpa words ya, meaning rock and or, or cliff, and te, meaning animal. So rock, oh, animal. It makes we sense. We thought it was a big rock, and then it roared at and us. And then it roared at us. Perfect. This um, definitely seems to generally live up to the Yeti image we've all grown up with. But what I found the most interesting in my search this week is that in the different cultures around the Himalayas, a general consensus can be found. One that gives us a similar but complex Yeti image. <laughs> so we're going to go into some of the different cultures that are around the Himalayas, kind of what they what they call it, what their interpretation of the Yeti actually is. Perfect. So in Sanskrit, it is called the Yaksh. This is going to be so fun. You're going to love hearing me try and like try so hard. I mean, I'm it's always sexy when people say in Sanskrit and in then Sanskrit. words. So, I'm, so I'm, I'm down for it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't so sexy. It's a hairy being with superhuman strength. Oh, I know one of those. Oh, that's true. So that it actually out. is. It works out pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> in India, there's a few different versions. And oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm going to butcher it. So the Sikkimis have stories of the Meager. They are called the spirits of the mountain passes. Oh, that's really lovely. I love it, right? Yeah. In Tripura, people believe in Bura de Boda, an evil spirit that takes on the form of an old man. <laughs> one who must have been giving off some seriously creepy old man vibes because its description tends to follow along with the depiction's I'm going to give you guys in a few minutes where you're actually supposed to be just terrified as shit. Oh, well, they'd have to be because whenever somebody's like, grumpy old man, I'm like, he'll like me. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> grumpy for you, maybe. Maybe, but not for me. I don't know why I feel like that's a competition I need to win. Am I need I? to back off of that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I feel it. It's fine. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay. So the Lepcha community know the Yeti as either Chumung, which is glacier spirit, which I like. Oh, my gosh. Right? They're very nice. They're so nice to their cryptid. I know. <laughs> or Jampimung, Lord of the Animals. Oh, wow. Right? This is cute. I know. I know. <laughs> and then the, the Sherpa community, we're going to bring it all right back to them. They have a name for it. It is... Mahalinger, <laughs> translating to the great monkey. And it's also just a really good, interesting title for me because the there's an area in the Himalayas and it includes like the place that we like know of. It's Everest and all of those big places around Everest. Mm -hmm. And it's actually called, oh, I'm sorry, guys, Mahalinger Himal which is one of the main areas that the Yeti is believed to call home. Oh. So it's kind of named after that region. They just saw it, and it made sense. And he does have, like, ape vibes. He, 100%. Yeah. As we get more into the description of what he's going to look like, that's definitely, that's definitely the image that you're kind of supposed to have in your head. Perfect. Absolutely. But then comes the hurtful nicknames. You oh. know? You know? We all have them. We all have them. The Sherpa and Tibetan communities have another name for the Yeti, Mato Kangmi. The translation of this most, <laughs> most closely comes out to Bear Man Snowman, a South Park part two that I think I might need now. 
Fairman Snowman. <laughs> How's that, Seth Taylor, for your new nickname? Fairman Snowman. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it was this name that led to another name we all likely know. The Abominable Snowman. <laughs> abominable trips me up so bad i don't like it because i'm for sure thinking i made that sillier than it was supposed to be but it's the word (laughs) but it's the word abominable Abominable. i did learn oh this is still cutting me deep that mischievous is how you have to say it because those letters mischievous those letters aren't even in there that's true mischievous wow did that humble the shit out of me I did not see that coming. This lady said it on TikTok and I was like, that's dumb. Mischievous is best. And then I looked at it. She's right. Those letters just aren't there. She's right. We're we're doing things. It's mischievous for sure. Mm. But abominable. Abominable is all of it. That's so many things. Absolutely. Abominable. It feels like I've got a snowball in my mouth. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. It's like. Totally. <laughs> oh my god. Did you know that it was an accident that he got that name in the first place? No. So in 1921, Charles Howard Berry headed the 1921 British Mount Everest Reconnaissance Expedition. Ooh. Mm-hmm, fancy. He chronicled the whole thing, including one day when the group arrived at the crossing of Lagpala at about 21,000 feet. At this point, The group came across a set of footprints that, quote, were probably caused by a large loping gray wolf, which in the soft snow formed double tracks, rather like those of a barefooted man. Charles says that the Sherpa that was traveling with them, quote, at once volunteered that the tracks must be that of the wild man of the snows. Armeto Gangmi. Kangmi. That's how you say I don't know. Um, Wild Man of the Snows is definitely a romance novel, right? 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Not to call back too hard to our last season, um, but I've not read an abominable snowman romance novel. And I'm 100% sure there's got to be one, right? Mm, 100%. 100%. (laughs) There's a romance for everything. (laughs) Yes, there is. Mm. Of course, when this expedition makes it back to Darjeeling, the newspapers were all over the story. Like, it's a big deal. Including a man named Henry Newman, writing under the name of Kim, while contributing articles to a paper called The Statesman. Henry, who should probably not quit his day job to become an interpreter, mistranslated Meto as filthy, and to give his writing just a little bit of extra flair, changed it a little bit more to abominable. Oh. And now we have the abominable snowman. And now my brain is broken because does Santa and Rudolph live in the Himalayas? Is that where the North Pole is? No, the North Pole's on the North Pole. Have you watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? The old oh, version. Where he has to fight the abominable snowman. Well, maybe he wandered across That's when there was a land way. bridge. Maybe. Is there a land bridge? My, my brain got fucked. Yeah. You know, those those cartoons, mm. They, I'm not sure they do a lot of research. I don't think they do. <laughs> I don't think they do. But was uh, Santa Claus originally a redheaded young man? Yes. 100%. That feels so canon oh, to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Redhead into bright white. That's just Absolutely. factual. That's facts. Makes sense. Pure facts. And who but a redheaded man would grow such a mustache? True. That's, that's just what that's they the do. That's the only way. Yeah. Mm. So they got that one right for sure. They got that one spot on. (laughs) Spot on. 
Speaking of the looks, should we get into the mini looks of the Yeti? I'd love to. Okay. General Yeti lore provides us with an overall Yeti vibe. He's bipedal. Kind of human looking, kind of animal looking, has really, really, really big feet. DTF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All the time. Tibetan lore in particular gives us three main Yeti iterations. <laughs> Yeti first, iterations. Yeti iterations. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I've made it this far without completely fucking it up. It's very impressive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Only a few major pauses. <laughs> Brian will edit those out. Absolutely. Flawless. Flawless. (laughs) They won't be there. All right. The first one is the Nyalmo. Ooh. This guy has a coat of black fur. Oh. And is made all the more terrifying by the fact that he towers over every single one of us at 15 feet tall. Oh, that's so tall. It's so tall. Whoa. (sighs) I know. Supposedly, this version of the Yeti is the most fierce the most brutal, and the most cunning of the group. And all I can think is I probably should get some training from Link because I distinctly feel a Lionel attack coming on and it's going to take me at least 40 to 50 tries to beat this guy. At least. At least. There's no going about it. He's he's the big one. He's the scary one. You probably don't want to come across this guy. The next one in line is the Chuti. The Yeti of average height. Oh, that's nice of him. Measuring it eight feet tall. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Average for a tree. Average for a tree. <laughs> or a Yeti. <laughs> no distinctive coloring for this guy, but he's def- But his defining feature is his affinity for heights. You'll find the Chuti at an altitude of eight to 10,000 feet above sea level. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's pretty high up there. Which brings us to the Rangshim Bombo. <laughs> You're making shit up now. I know. I'm sorry. I really hope that I'm saying it right. That's a cruise ship cocktail. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I'm making it up. He is my spirit yeti. (laughs) He is the runt of the gang. Requiring a stepladder to look at his other yeti friends in the eye, the rang measures at about three to five feet tall. Oh, he's cute. He's just a cute little guy. (laughs) (laughs) What he lacks in height, he makes up for in fashion statements, roaming the Himalayas in a rust-colored fur coat that makes all the other yetis just a little jealous. Absolutely. Absolutely. My spirit yeti. Absolutely. (laughs) So this is the general idea of like what they're going to kind of look like. There's different versions, um, but it's overall, this kind of encapsulates the whole deal. So let's get into some Yeti sightings. Ooh, let's do it. All right. There are, of course, many pre-19th century accounts of the Yeti. And in these, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot more religious and a little bit more, like, culturally involved. He's a protector. He's a guardian against evil. And in some communities, he's the god of the hunt. Ooh. Well, these are some of the oldest civilizations 100%. in the world, so that and makes there, sense. There are so many representations of the Yeti. They're in, they are in so many religious and cultural traditions. It's, it's right. everywhere. Well, and when you when your history keeping is done by your spiritual leaders, right. it probably also gets more of a, a churchy vibe for sure than it might have had in its time. Right, but still, I'm glad they. I mean, the notes are good. They're good. They're good. (laughs) It's not until we start reaching the 20th century, when the Western culture starts entering into the scene, that we get accounts of the Yeti that we know, you know. Um, So I'm going to go through. I have 
one, two, three, four Yeti sightings that we're going to talk about. Perfect. The first one is in 1925. We're going to follow N.A. Tombazi, a photographer and member of the Royal Geographical Society. Ooh. These guys all have fancy jobs, and I want to know how they get them. I think they make them up. I think that's exactly what he it is. He and his, like, two buddies made that society in a pub. 100%. God. The audacity of the, white men. Seriously. <laughs> like, we're a society now. Mm. <laughs> the two of us. Let's get matching blazers. Ooh, I hope they did. <laughs> I really hope they did. These guys and their matching blazers went hiking around the Zimu Glacier, which happens to be the largest glacier in the Himalayan region. It's about 15,000 feet up. And it's here that they see something. And I'm going to quote here. Unquestionably, the figure in outline was exactly like a human being, walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull at some dwarf rhododendron bushes. It showed up dark against the snow and, as far as I could make out, wore no clothes. A few hours later, Tombazi and company come across what have to be footprints of the creature. The way he describes them, it's similar in shape to those of a man, but six to seven feet long and four inches wide. The prints were undoubtedly those of a biped. Wow. So he sees this thing. He sees the footprints and he's like, hmm. This is this is kind of wild. He talks to people about it. Things kind of go a little bit of a ways, but like. Nobody really follows up too much on this one. And then we jump to 1957 and Tom Slick, which just seems like an appropriate name for a Texan who decides he's going to be in the oil business. (laughs) Mm. He's a board game character. 100%. 100%. Tom Slick from oil. Yeah. Like, yeah, Tom Slick from oil. Me. I mean, an oil slick, <laughs> right? That's just. That's just Did he perfect. change his name? He, I should have done more research. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like he did. Feels silly. It feels ridiculous. Not only this, but he has an affinity for adventure. So in 1957, he takes a group with him with the goal of digging deeper into all of the Yeti reports that were just continuing to come in. A couple of years in, the group finds some shit. Hypothetically literal shit. (laughs) And the crew does some analysis. In the results, they claimed that they had found a brand new parasite in the Yeti poop. Mm. Of course, this discovery piqued the interest of many and actually prompted the American government to come up with a set of three rules that future expeditions originating from the U.S. would need to follow. Number one, get a proper permit from Nepal, which just feels, you know, nice. Use your manners. Absolutely. This one feels like manners... Continued. Rule number two, do not harm the Yeti except in situations of self-defense. Okay. Feels feels nice. And three, the Nepalese government got to approve any news report about any future Yeti findings. These seem like rules we should have just already had. Right. It it kind of feels like we were already there. But mm-hmm. thanks I for mean, making them official. Thanks for at least trying to regulate being good human beings, you know, instead of the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. No rules about bringing parasites home. Right? (laughs) We're just, we're just going to bring that shit back. (laughs) It's totally fine. Okay. Unidentified. We don't know what it is. (laughs) It's new. Seems cool. Don't you want it here? Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely. We go through the years and more and more Yeti sightings are happening. It's very similar to the ones we've talked about. And then we jump into 2007. Oh, that's quite It's modern. quite recent. Not as recent as I think it is. No. <laughs> but still <laughs> My recent. brain thinks it's 
A blink ago. Roughly three years ago, mm, yeah. I would say. It has to be, because mm-hmm. we didn't move past 2010, ever. Nope. Uh, well, in 2007, three years ago, enter the world of U.S. paranormal television and Joshua Gates and his show Destination Truth. Oh. They take an expedition to Everest and come across footprints that matched up to the description of a Yeti yet again. It measures up to about 13 inches in length, 10 inches across. That's a big foot. It's pretty big. And it looks human. Like, it's got, like, the five toes. It looks it looks like a human's wood, just distinctly bigger. Okay. The crew takes some molds of the footprints and take them to Idaho State University. Of all places. That makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. And a man named Jeffrey Meldrum. Jeff was like, damn, these are just too realistic to be fake. There's just, there's no doubt in my mind, these are Yeti. These have to be Yeti. They're real. <laughs> For sure, I wonder if Jeff's a Bigfoot scientist. He might be. Because he's kind of close to the PNW. Right? Could be. Anyway, he's got these completely real, legitimate completely footprints. Completely real footprints, which he takes back a little while later when further investigations show that they, uh, in fact, were not legitimate. Shocking. I'm really shocked. But Joshua Gates isn't done yet. So in 2009, <laughs> he goes on television and shows the world his latest finding, a hair sample that he claimed to contain an unknown DNA sequence that, of course, has to be the Yeti. Has to be. Has to be. And just kind of leaves it at that. We don't really... Look at this hair. Yeah, he just brings up the hair and then drops it. You know? It's kind of just gone after that. Um, okay. 2011. Russia has a report that a Yeti has actually been captured. I mean, if anybody was going to do it, it'd it was going to be, be them. Yeah. The story started out simple. A hunter came across something that kind of looked like a bear that was attacking his sheep. He shot at it, causing it to turn and run on two legs. Uh-huh. Later, the story completely changes. Now it's a pair of Border Patrol soldiers that come across a creature and they capture it. And they describe it as a hairy two-legged female creature similar to a gorilla. Shock of all shocks. This was later revealed to the world to be a hoax. <laughs> Crazy. Some say that it was actually an attempt to, like, raise charity for some event, and it was, like, just a publicity stunt for that. That's kind of cute. That's not the worst situation. But it but seems also, like you're getting weird, though. Went a little, went a little far. Mm-hmm. So after all of these sightings, after all of these things, we've arrived, I think, at the question we've all been asking. Is the Yeti actually real? The evidence found and presented so far is pointing towards um, probably not. Oh, that's too bad. I know. So in 2013, Charlotte Lindquist, a genetics professor, was provided with a whole collection of samples that had been found during reported Yeti sightings. She's got hair. She's got teeth. She's got leg bones. She's got scat. Oh, wow. All were delivered to her lab at the University of Buffalo. She can make her own Yeti now. 100%. Absolutely. Like a whole uh, uh, Frankenstein situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the world of science got some interesting discoveries because here's the thing. She received nine Yeti samples in total. Her lab's findings, seven came from Himalayan or Tibetan brown bears. Okay. One came from a black bear and one came from a dog. <laughs> a yeah. big dog, though. A big dog. A big, he was scary so one. He was so fierce. <laughs> Scared everyone. Big, big dogs. <laughs> 
There are. Walter's big. He's huge. Oh, my God. If I saw him running at me in the Himalayas, I might be a little afraid until he decided that he was going to be the friendliest thing when he got right Right. up to you. Explaining that to Walter is really hard. That's fair. Like, I know you love people so much, but when you run at him, being enormous kind of freaks him out. It's a little scary. (laughs) The whole thing. Just a bit. Just a bit. (sighs) So we kind of got the hint that it's probably a bear. And not the Yeti, which is fine. But it actually brought about some really interesting contributions to the modern science world. So Lindquist Lab was able to create the first mitochondrial genomes for the Himalayan brown bear and the Himalayan black bear. Pretty cool. And the team was also able to determine that the Himalayan brown bear and the Tibetan brown bear are more genetically distinct from each other than previously thought. So she's getting all of these bear samples and she's like, oh, well, not Yeti, but... Bears hey. are super interesting, Absolutely. Too. And honestly, Lindquist was excited about the findings. So she says, further genetic research on these rare and elusive animals may help illuminate the environmental history of the region, as well as bear evolutionary history worldwide. And additional, quote, Yeti samples could contribute to this work. I love it. I love it, too. I think that's really cool. I'm going to look her up and see if she has anything about... Um, the bears that I refer to as blondies. Oh, my God. Because they remind me, you know, like brownies that are vanilla. So right. they're blondies. So they're blondies. <laughs> like that we're, we don't have a lot of polar bears. Right. Which is a which is a big situation that I Absolutely. don't think about too much because it makes me really sad. Oh, really, really sad. Um, but some some polar bears have made uh, good friends with grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. And they make a pretty blonde bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I think I would submit science that they should be called blondies. Because mm-hmm. that's cute as hell. Absolutely. They'll still eat you. 100%. But, I mean, mind your business. 100%. You know? It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I I had to laugh pretty hard. Not laugh, but it's pretty funny. So, the um, tourism group for, I believe it was Nepal. In 2020, they were trying to, like, use the Yeti as, mm-hmm. like, their their advertisement as their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mascot. Cute. Which is cute. People are pissed about it. Because the thing oh. that they ended up putting out, they're like, that's a sumo wrestler. That is not a Yeti. Those what are the different. fuck are you doing? This is, <laughs> this is not a Yeti. And people are like, it just looks like a hairy man. You should redo this. But they spent so much money. Right. Building all of the things and doing all of the things that it's just, it's, their Yeti is now a sumo wrestler. <laughs> As of 2020. Didn't see that turn. Right? I really didn't. The drama, the sheer drama in this article. I mean, that's two cultural practices right. being fucked with. Because like, some people what really are you doing? revere a Yeti. Right. And some people, a sumo right. wrestler. Oof. The, both are great. But don't call one the other. Every now and then, advertisement agencies really like find a way to offend the most people possible. Absolutely. In one, in one, one thing. go. And it's quite brilliant. Absolutely. Like if they did it on purpose, they couldn't do better. Right. It's a real, it's, it's a real bummer. It's a real sad situation. <laughs> it's real, 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 real sad. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm still going to just believe in them. I, mean, okay. I am too. I'm Because here's the thing. Yeah, we got these samples and those got taken to this professor and sure, she determined that those weren't. Who's to say... There's still not a real Yeti out there. There I mean, could be. I imagine if a Yeti's a grumpy old man, he's quite facetious. Absolutely. So he doesn't just leave his shit around. He, he's probably leaving shit around for you to find that he intends for you to find. Right. Because I think that 
he's the sort of man who would yell at you for walking on his lawn. 100%. So he's not going to make a mess. Absolutely not. You won't find his stuff laying around. No. But he'll set you up. Oh, he'll trick you 100%. That's, I, I like it. That's how I'm seeing it. I'm 100% on board. <laughs> Absolutely. They're real. Yep. And real scary. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wouldn't want to come across one. I really feel like he's just, like, got a hangnail. He's probably a sweetie pie. Oh, for sure. And that's my toxic trait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get eaten in the Himalayas. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, that's a Yeti. I had a fun time this week. I didn't oh, want to yeah. go, like, you guys should look into it more. There's so many accounts. There's like, there's a bunch and it's, it was really interesting to read, but it was one of those where I wasn't going to give you guys like, I'm trying not to overdo it. Right. Right. But there's, there's so much out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. he's been talked about for such a long time. Right. And apparently only the Russians know about the girl Yeti. For once, female representation. <laughs> and it was made up. Mm-hmm. That's all right. We'll take it. Uh, I'll take what we can get. For sure. She's a hunter. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a movie. What is that from? Uh, oh, the singing one. Da, da. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's not going to come to my brain. That one. That one. She's a hunter. She's oh, a hunter. Oh, maybe he's a hunter. Oh, Doesn't no. matter. She's a hunter now. <laughs> They can't have everything. Absolutely not. Oh, goodness, friends. It's the start of the spooky season. I'm so excited. Get ready. More creepies to come. Come back and join us. Friends, let's do this again sometime. Say hi to your mom for me. Bye.